And then I've seen him on a lot more on radio shows. And he had a lot more uh, appearances, like doing a lot, like a lot of the Opie and Anthony show and doing the radio circuit. Like I've heard him, and then I heard him on Rogan. He wasn't, he was on there not too long ago, uh, talking about the pandemic and stuff. I wasn't traveling too mm-hmm. much, but he never really alluded to having a sickness. But Rogan said he looked great, and like he did look great. He sounded, he sounded fine. Like uh, he just talked about just doing stand up and just doing a couple shows. He wasn't doing a lot during the pandemic. Um, because he held on to it, and people were asking him to do acting and stuff, but he just didn't feel like wasting time doing that shit, because he said they need the money. Like that. He's like, if there's a sickness going on, why the fuck would he have to leave the house? <laughs> like, that's lit. Like, so it's just like, I think uh, getting his, like, growing up with him as kids, and hearing the voices, and being this outlandish character on screen, and then, like, seeing his comedy later on in life and being a stand-up and seeing his personality outside of doing acting, I think it's a lot better. I think it's, and I owe that a lot. I think the way podcasting has become such a big forum, I think, is that you get to see these sides of uh, a lot of people, like a lot of actors and entertainers, you get to see a different, like their personal side, you know, mm-hmm. what I would think people look for in their books. I think it's better to get them when they're talking that, to people that they feel comfortable with, you know, in, in a better, more private setting, as opposed to, like, just reading a book about them, you know. I think you get a, a way better feel now for their personalities, and it sucks that <clears throat> that him being only 67, I think, is kind of on the younger side, but like you said, he was battling an illness for so long that it's, I don't know, like, it just happens, so. It's a very surprising to read. Um, yeah, and he's not the like, only act, only comedian that passed away who else was it? Um, another actress. She passed away. She she dabbled, dabbled in comedy and theater. Can't find her name. Uh, she was famous for playing the role of George Costanza's mother. Oh my gosh! Yeah, she uh, passed away. Yeah, let me pull her name up. Sorry, it was it's kind of old and Seinfeld though. Yeah, but people recognize her from like uh, from like. Besides that, she's done a lot of like, like theater. There we go. That's Stowe Harris. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Stowe Harris. Yeah, she she's more famous as being George Costanza's mom on Seinfeld. Um, she was the voice of Mrs. Potato Head oh, as no well. Way. She was. Um, huh. Yeah, but she was more. She was ninety three years old. Um, yeah, of course, she's more to remember as with her high pitched voice, her humorously overbearing attitude. She was the artist of Matilda Nation. Of course, we recognize her from, from Seinfeld. Um, yeah, and like I said, um, basically, this is what I guess that said about her character. She's like she is the mother that everybody loves, even though she's the pain in the neck. But coming up her performance as Dorothy's mom. Um, she was born nineteen twenty eight in New York City. Harris grew up in the city and later in Pittsburgh suburb of Tarrant, Pennsylvania, where her father owned a candy store. She started tap her comedic talents in high school productions as she realized she could make the audience get hysterical. She told People Magazine ninety five. After nine season around seven foot in ninety eight, she could appear on stage and screen. She voiced Mr. Potato Head in nineteen ninety anime Blockbuster Story Two and played a recurring character Muriel in the popular Disney Channel sitcom The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. You guys remember that. Uh, if you remember growing up on Disney. <laughs> um, she appeared in Once Upon a Time in America 
a film developed by um, Sergio Leone, who you remember did the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, the Spaghetti Western films. Um, she came out of Night Court. Um, but I guess her breakout role was in Seinfeld as, you know, George Costanza's mother. Mm. Uh, Gilbert Guy, going back to Gilbert. So she's also not comedian. So it's like, man, it's like they're, you know, she'll be missing thing with Gilbert Goffrey. I mean, Gilbert Goffrey, you know, it's in these tweets as well. I mean, uh, here's one from Emery. Emery is his name. The Twitter says, in the morning, I released my latest film. I discovered my friend called Gilbert Goffrey has passed. I'm so sad. Gilbert should lent his voice to the science fiction project, and he will be dearly missed, but I've forgotten this is hilarious contribution, so he kind of helped out. So he, had, he was able to make time to help out other people and stuff. Um, of course, he appears in Atlanta. Cosby's show, Married with Children, looks like Nightcore. Gilbert lent his voice to anime projects, Aladdin, Ren, Snippy Show. Duckman, Superman, the anime series, the friendly odd parents, he's been into turtles, SpongeBob SquarePants, and many more. Of course, he was known as was Iago and Affleck Duck. Oh, this is what he says here. He says, Gilbert Godfrey talked to RogerEver.com about the creative control he was allowed to have on voicing Iago. This is what he said in these quotes. They definitely let it open for me to be able to play around and throw in lines. When they're recording your voice, they have a video cam in the room so they can capture facial expressions when influenced the way the pair was drawn. One time, this artist showed me a drawing he made where you can see a character of me that slowly transforms into Iago. There was one particular line in the film that had ad lib, and someone told me that Robin Williams cracked up when he heard it. It was during a scene where Iago and Jafar had to escape, and I go, quick, let's get everything. The guns, the knives, the hand grenades, and what about the, this picture of me? You like it? I think I'm making a weird face in it. That was a lot of fun. Of course, every now and then they will have to stop me and go, this is a Disney film. We can't really use that word. <laughs> oh, man. That's, you know, R.I.P. Gilbert Gottfried, comedian, comedian legend, Estelle Harris, comedic legend, you know, rest in peace, you know. They're in a the big comedy club in the sky now. Yeah. Like I said, check out their work. Check out both their works. You know, at least your legacy lives on in, like, film and television and, you know, voiceover roles. But yeah, I was not sure. I wasn't aware that he was sick either. So that was yeah. like that, that caught me off guard. Yeah. So like I said, one last time, we're gonna sh- we're gonna show a little laughter track here in honor of Estelle Harris and Gilbert Godfrey. So let's hear a little bit of laughter here. <laughs> All right, now shifting on to the point our news, I wanted to point out, I ended up seeing the Sonic the Hedgehog two film this past weekend. And right now, Sonic Hedgehog 2 has grossed over $72 million in its first opening weekend domestically. What? Making it the highest video game movie adaptation <laughs> of the year. Oh, the year. Okay. Of all time right now. Okay. Because, wow. because remember, video game movies have a high bar they have to set when it comes to adaptations. And Sonic being... Having a long time fan base since the 90s. Remember, this was Sega's mascot since 1991. And did you have a sequel? And also, I think what also helped propel it up because the cast as well is really phenomenal. Um, you have Ben Schwartz returning as Sonic. You got Colin O'Shaughnessy, who've been recently voicing Tales and like Sonic Boom and video games as well, making her feature film voiceover appearance. And also Idris Elba, English actor. Playing his voicing chops, the Knuckles, which I think kind of Knuckles kind of steals scenes in that film, is really enjoyable. He made, then he made him sound like a like a like a proud warrior and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, Jim Carrey's hilarious stick as Doctor Eggman, 
um, because I think will also kind of propel as well as, you know, Jim Carrey is considering retiring. So I think people are thinking, oh, this is going to be his last film. You know, I think that brought him more attention besides being just, okay, it's just psycho. But, of course, you got Jason Marsden reprising his role as Tom. You got Tequila Sumter reprising his role as Maddie. So you got Sonic's, like, human parents, adoptive human parents. And I like what this film is. Sonic is still growing. He's still, like, a teenager. Because, right, Sonic is 15, you know? He's still growing. He's still trying to be that hero. You know, he reads a lot of comics, so he tries to be a hero. But, you know, Tom is trying to keep him in line, keep him, like, you know, this moment in time when you're like going to be make your big moment that you're going to shine, you're going to save everybody. Of course, Tails comes along, you know, different dimension. And of course, you know, it kind of picks up a little bit where the first film left off sometime after the first film, basically. Um, and I want to spoil for you guys because, well, I, I enjoyed the film. Like I said, I was laughing at Jim Carrey's performance. I love the Easter eggs they put in there. You can tell the director, Jeff Fowler, loves the Sonic series. Um, he had a little Easter eggs to the series, little call-outs and stuff for, like, Sonic over the years. And, of course, there's a mid-credits scene, guys, which going to be transitioning what the next film was going to be since the next film has been announced by Paramount and Sega, plus a Knuckles spinoff series. So I think it's going to oh delve deeper into Knuckles' you know, how he gets to that point. Or maybe his time on Earth. Who knows? Maybe they'll have him, like, how's his death into Earth because, you know, they come from another dimension. And, you know, getting, you know, assimilated. But we don't know yet, but Idris Elba is coming back to voice Knuckles. But there was a lot of good, like, honestly, there was more on Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles in this film and Eggman versus, like, Sonic's supporting cast, like, his human supporting cast, as versus, like, the first film. Because, like I said, it's like, Ben Schwartz does an amazing job as Sonic. He, He captures the essence of the character itself, how he's growing up. He's still a kid, you know. He doesn't want to grow up too fast. And then you got Tails, who, you know, is inspired by Sonic's heroism, um, who's more like a gadget guy, more like the guy behind the chair, like like Spider-Man, like, you know, Ned and Spider-Man. And Ned's like, I'm your guy in the chair. So, and then you got Knuckles, who basically, you know, he's from this echidna tribe who were like mighty warriors and stuff. You know, he just happens to run to Eggman, who pretty much, of course, Knuckles is too proud. And sometimes he has a poor... Judgment of character when it comes to the associated with Eggman, but like I said, it was really good. There was some comedy in there, some shtick in there as well. A lot of video game wrestlers to the Sonic's video game history, and like I said, the mid press scene kind of sets it up for the third film. And like I said, hopefully Jim Carrey does come back as Eggman, even though he says he's retiring, but honestly, I can't picture anybody else playing that character. Even the writers have said that they're not going to recast him. Oh, they're not? No, because he brings life to that character. It's like Jim Carrey as his best, you know, Jim Carrey, like the old school Jim Carrey and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he brings a little bit of Ace Ventura, he brings a little bit of the cable guy in there. So he brings a lot of it, that, that zinging, that zinginess to the character of Dr. Hickman. I like it. It, it. it is an enjoyable film. Like people were laughing constantly. We were going crazy when I went to the theater, you know, people who were longtime fans like me who grew up on Sonic. So I enjoyed the film. I'm glad we had a sequel. I can't wait for part three. And now, looks like the ball's going to be in Nintendo's court, because now, this this coming December, we're going to see the Super Mario animated oh, film that was distributed by Illumination Pictures. Oh, so now we'll see how Nintendo <laughs> yeah. deals with how Sega's doing great in films. Remember, this is the first Nintendo release IP since that infamous 1993 Super Mario Bros. movie. Remember that. This is the first time Nintendo says, you know what? We're actually going to let a studio animate our IP. Yeah, but they, I don't like the cast. I don't think it's now you said that cast is going to have to live up. 
to the Sonic cast. That's one thing, like I said. And speaking of Nintendo, and speaking of Nintendo, um, they did announce that they are expanding on their main headquarters in Kyoto, Japan. Um, they're expanding uh, a new building um, for like their research and development corporation, like division, because of innovation. Because remember, people keep forgetting that Nintendo's like uh, innovative when it comes to like not just video game, but like you know products and stuff. Because people keep forgetting that Nintendo's a conglomerate company. It's a it was a company back in you know ancient Japan, like Kyoto, Japan, or early Taisho period Japan. They were based in Kyoto. They made had up on their trading card playing cards. Then they had like appliances, they had toys, they owned several properties, especially love hotels. Um, then they got into video gaming in the 80s. But yeah, it looks like they expanded to develop, like, you know, having our division and expand our their building in Mayport. And they're still head based in Kyoto. People give me, they're even people are like, oh, how come they're not in Tokyo? They do have an office in Tokyo, but their main headquarters is in Kyoto because that's where they were founded. So they just announced today that they're, they're expanding, they bought some land near the headquarters, and they're going to build another building. For research and development, so Nintendo's currently expanding; they're not going anywhere. So, with that, um, I don't think they're struggling because right now, what's what's keeping them alive is in the mobile portable market with the Switch. They're right making now. a movie. I think they're doing all right. <laughs> they're making a movie, and then you got Super Nintendo, um, Super Mario, um, Super Nintendo Land that's in the Universal Studios Japan. That next year is going to come to the yeah. Universal Studios Hollywood. Either. It's going to come out in Hollywood. They're building it right now, so that's slated for next year. So, and then of course, um, what else I saw? Oh yeah, I got some couple of weird news stories for you. <laughs> the first one, I know you're a big Halo guy, right? You enjoy Halo, right? Yeah. Well, according to Comic.com, they announced apparently there's going to be a Halo the official cookbook. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> for what? Halo, the official book has been announced. Nobody plays Halo because they and watch them eat shit. I don't even know what food. How can you make food inspiring a a first person shooter? Skyrim makes sense because in Skyrim, you know, you can you you see actual food in Skyrim. You can eat food in Skyrim. You see people when you go to like people's houses or you go to like the 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 inns and stuff. They have like the recipes and shit. Nobody's wanting that in Halo. Apparently, this is like this Halo. um, The official book has been announced for release later this year in August. The hundred. This is from comicbook.com. The 192-page hardbound cookbook is set to include recipes from across the galaxy with step-by-step instructions and photos in order to make food inspired by the Halo universe. That includes what is not limited to appetizers, desserts, and main courses. The cookbook from Inside Editions and author Victoria Rosenthal has over seven recipes in total. Yeah. According to this like, promotional quote they're saying here, St. R. marches on the stomach. The UNSC is no exception. The description of the Halo... This cookbook reads, learn to make awesome appetizers, some sumptuous snacks, decadent desserts, and main dishes to fuel even the hungriest of Spartans on the longest of missions. With step-by-step instructions and beautiful photography, this book gives you everything you need to go from Master Chief to Master Chef. Ha, 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 ha. Wow, they have to do that. I was waiting. Sounds of crows, dude. That's why I'm, I'm uh, it's a little bit awkward. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, apparently there's pre-orders alive right now on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So, being a Halo fan, what's your thought? Is I know they had cookbooks on Fallout. Um, they did one for Destiny, official cookbook. There's been like the Vault Dwellers cookbook, Ultimate Final Fantasy XIV cookbook, it's inspired by MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV. Apparently, it was a Street Fighter inspired cookbook. 
What the heck? <laughs> Street Fighter. Oh, well, I don't know why they're making these cookbooks on games that don't really involve a lot of food gameplay. Where's Cooking Mama? Where's Cooking Mama? Yeah, like, the there should be a Cooking Mama cookbook. I mean, there probably was back then, but like. At least it's like an anime cookbook. Which like I those games, did. those games should merit at least a cookbook. Bob's Burgers got ones because there's a show that's surrounded and by then, it. it's um, a restaurant that makes sense to have. And then there's one. There's like an anime cookbook, so it's based on like recipes inspired by different animes, which I heard is like really good. Sure, and like because I mean, you yeah. got for example, they eat Food Wars, Food Wars, Dragon yeah. Gate no Soma, which is a battle anime with food, and they have like face offs with food and stuff, and even the recipes that the, the, the characters come up with are really interesting as well, but. Halo, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so... if you're a true Halo fan. I think, yeah, you would eat it up, but I don't know, dude. Just the, if you just get merchandise because you get merchandise, then yeah, go ahead and get the fucking cookbook. But I wouldn't. I don't know. It'd be a waste of money in my eyes. Maybe just look up recipes. I don't know. I just it's so weird. It's a weird game to choose again to add a list uh, on the many books that are that come out. From shows that are inspired by cooking, but like this isn't one of them. Like I said, Halo. this is like that's I said it's from Halo. It's Let's let it. the show like get its bearings first, and then I haven't watched the show and, yet. I mean, and sleeve it. Yeah. I've not seen the show. I've been like, I don't know. I'm just waiting for it to be released and just watch it all one binge. It's like me. I'm just trying to catch up on all the anime right now. I've been trying to catch up on YouTube, watching YouTubers. Like I've been like bouncing around trying to catch up on AW because AW is a big like. Starting tomorrow, um, we're gonna have a lot of good matches. They got like seven matches announced for Dynamite, and PBS is allowed them to go over there a lot of time. And they got a live rampage on, I, think, I believe it's on Friday on TNT. They believe it's six o'clock. I think there's NBA play-ins. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now, yeah. Yeah, because the the playoffs are starting, I believe on Saturday, and then the Bulls are starting like on Saturday. So, I think that's why they moved Rampage to like seven six. But it's gonna be a good. Card because now they got Ring of Honor under their belt, so they got Minoru Suzuki, who was the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, facing Samoa Joe. Dude, that's gonna be a really good match. And CM Punk is gonna be facing Penta Squirrel, so that's gonna be a good match. Um, we got Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz taking on that Jericho Appreciation Society, who Jericho basically has this faction. I just love that AEW has factions. Mm-hmm. This is man got rid of it in WWE when they went PG, they got rid of factions. So that's, so that's why Jericho's doing that thing. He's pretty much making fun of WWE about being the, the faction of sports entertainers, not pro wrestlers. So they're like basically um, pretty much picking on WWE, of course. But it's a lot of good matches. And then, of course, they're doing the Battle of the Bells this coming weekend as well, with Thunder Rosa taking on Nala Rose for the AEW Women's World Championship as well. Then Adam Cole and the Cowboy and Hangman Adam Page, who's the AEW champion, will be competing on Friday on Rampage, on a live Rampage. In the de- Texas death match. Mm. It's gonna see that AEW has those gimmick matches, which is awesome. So old school wrestling, recommend AEW. You want PG, tone down shit, WWE. <laughs> for kids. <laughs> I'm calling it for kids. So one thing I did see, um Square Enix did um a tw- last week did last past weekend, um they had a twentieth anniversary event for Kingdom Hearts. If you guys remember Kingdom Hearts was released 20 years ago for the PlayStation 2. Um, it was the first collaboration between Square Enix and Disney, which created the first RPG using, you know, their original protagonist, Sora, who interacts with characters from the Disney and the worlds of Final Fantasy. So 
They had a 20th anniversary event, which pretty much culminated, you know, reflecting on 20 years of the series. It also culminated with a first look at the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4, which shows, like, Sora in, like, I guess a town inspired by modern-day Tokyo. And he's in that world. I haven't played the DLC, so I have to go back and buy that DLC for 3. This kind of leads into it. And then they also announced a mobile game called Missing Link, which is kind of like they're like pretty much connects the pieces for like the mobile game they have right now currently. But the way that Kingdom Hearts is gonna coming out soon with Part Four means they are working on it. But that was like a Square Enix event. Hopefully, that's nuts. With E3 not happening this summer, it got canceled this year. Um, hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get to an announcement from Square Enix. Hopefully, like you know, PlayStation has PlayStation. You know, announcements on Nintendo's Nintendo Direct, Microsoft does their own thing. Um, hopefully, Square Enix will announce later this year Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2. But I finished Part 1, I finished Intermission, I'm creating some more Final Fantasy right now. Hopefully, they'll announce Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 for PlayStation 5, I believe. Going on PlayStation 5 exclusive. Um, I've seen a trailer. A lot of people are saying maybe Star Wars will appear in the Kingdom Hearts 4. So we'll see because, you know, since they work with Disney, they can get a lot of those properties on there. But we'll to wait and see. But like I said, it was like a little teaser of the Japanese trailer, of course. But it said it was work in progress for using the latest Unreal Engine for the demo. But it said that story is saying it's not the finished product, it's just a work in progress. But I'll show you some of the gameplay of it. It looks real interesting. It looks sick, and I can't wait for that. And on that, I got another awful news. I saw. Apparently, um, Christopher Lloyd is starring in a movie based on the spirit Halloween store chain. Uh, <laughs> see, I watched that. That's creative. See, that's what I'm talking what about. I mean, Halloween. that's creative, dude. That's that, how is that you know, creative? Because it's better than rebooting a Ghostbusters movie or doing all this. Because it's fucking weird. Christopher Lloyd is in a movie about the spirit Halloween like Halloween chain. Like, it's fucking hey guys, weird. Guys, oh, it's probably for international listeners who listen to uh, us. Um, basically, Spirit is basically a chain. They're, they're a website as well. The but store. every every year, they pretty much open up. There's pop-up stores. They're mostly a website. But they open up, like, pop-up physical stores and, like, you know, old retailers that, you know, they just rented temporarily. And they're more popular on October, like late they're, September. They're, they, what do they sell? Halloween costumes. Halloween you know, stuff. Halloween stuff, basically. So they're just on the website. Mostly their main website off season, but during like the end of September and the beginning of October, basically they're around. And they have some good quality costumes. I cannot lie. They have good quality costumes because they try to be compared to Party City. Because you can find, if you can't find it in Party City, you can find it for Halloween. So I came across this. Apparently, um, this is from IGN, but they reported it from Variety. It says Chris Williams will return to the big screen this fall. Apparently, this fall in a new movie about all things the costume and prop star spirit Halloween. Variety reports that Christopher Lloyd will star alongside Rachel Lee Cook and Marla Gibbs. The rest of the cast includes Donovan Colin, Dylan Franco, Jaden Smith, and Marisa Reyes. Production is already wrapped, but the movie is set to release this October. So they just finished filming it, so it's coming out this fall. Apparently, it says here the movie, apparently titled Spirit Halloween, features a new Spirit Halloween store popping up in a deserted strip mall, much like they'd seen the crop in the real world. That's the initial lessons. Yeah, they're pretty much in abandoned stores or closed stores. That's where they open up their shop. Um, it pretty much is causing three middle school friends to challenge themselves to spend Halloween night locked in the store. 
<laughs> However, the building is haunted by a spirit who possesses the animatronic characters in the store. The first time director David Pogue is hem- helming the project with the screenplay provided by Billy Bates, Strike Back Studios, producing the film, and with an official promotional partnership with Spirit, spirit Halloween. That's me exciting. <laughs> Why would you be excited about this? Because I know it's going to be so product placement laden that it's also be exciting because it's uh, Christopher Lloyd in a movie. I think it's nice to see him do something that maybe it's going to be fun for him. And it sounds like it's going to be kind of like a horror suspense movie. So I like the setting already. As much, like I said, as much as it's going to be a, like a product an, placement, an, an advertisement, like for a like commercial, an hour, and a half. Like an hour and a half hour commercial yeah. hour. It'll, maybe I think they'll be. It'll I mean, be funny. I will say, okay, it has to be if they're going to use kids as like they're playing. You know, they're doing a challenge on themselves, staying there overnight. That's got to be funny. Like, there's got to be some hijinks that happen. I mean, it's probably on YouTube where people try to stay. Like, I think they probably got the idea from like YouTubers <clears> when they try to stay like you know twenty four hours in a clothes. Like, yeah. you know, there's this one YouTuber I remember back in I mean, the it's day. It's an old idea. I don't know. The whole staying in a yeah. in a store like same yeah. build that shit. Remember, just for like fucking concert tickets. So oh, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's an old thing. Yeah, that, but like, I think remember one guy stayed do. like in a Chuck E. Cheese for like twenty four hours. That girl that stayed in the Walmart because she was pregnant. What like, three days? That actually happened. They did a whole movie on that too. Really? Yeah, she was actually there for a couple weeks. But like, there's there's like movies. Unfortunately, there's movies that are also made on like this concept, and now we're getting one on. Like, I'm not surprised Spirit's not going to be coughing up some changes to, like, you know, Promote get Christopher it. Lloyd to wear a Spirit shirt while he's there and, like, do all this I'm just, shit. It doesn't like, say what role he's going to be. He's just in it, but I don't know if he's going to be, like, the, the Spirit that possesses the store. Right, right. Like, a voiceover, or he's going to be, like, the owner of the of the shop, probably. That'd be interesting to see. I mean, he's, he was, you know, Doc Brown, Judge Doom, from Roger Rabbit, um... Great actor, you know, he came out of Malcolm in the Middle as um Malcolm Dad's his dad. <laughs> yeah. I remember that as well. Um let me just see, but like I said, it's gonna be like an hour and a half probably product place for Spirit Halloween. Don't get me wrong, I got my stuff on Spirit Halloween. I cannot lie, they have good quality products. So they have good quality costumes and great Halloween decorations. So definitely you need to see that. But like I said, that's for you guys. For you guys international listeners, yeah, look up Spirit Halloween and you'll understand what we're talking about. Because, like I said, it's always, like, we're more involved because we live in the U.S., so that's more to us. But, like I said, for our international listeners, definitely look up Spirit Halloween so you have a good idea. And if you want to have yourself a laugh, maybe you could probably those, like, thriller comedy just something mess with your head. Maybe something different for this Halloween season. So, I mean, we're going to sci-fi has short game of movies. So, and right. anything I mean, can be, any ridiculous problem, I guess, any idea. can nice. Have... Maybe it'll be good, you know? Yeah, so Lamb, we got through a half an hour. I think that's all I had on my end. Um, I, I did finish the Is It Cake? Oh, yeah, thing. that's right. I know you guys told me about it. You know, um, overall, I enjoyed it. I'm glad Andrew won. Oh, that's right, yeah. I was going for it him the good. whole time. He was, was really good. good. Who was your pick? Who would you have? We didn't finish that. Oh, no. <gasps> Shit, did I spoil for you guys? No. We didn't finish it? No. You almost eight episodes. How are you guys not finish it? No. Oh, well, whatever. I guess we know that who won. But no, I'm not going to spoil what kind of cake he did. It was. Phenomenal. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you won. <laughs> but like I said, I do agree with you. Yeah, they still got a better host. Yeah, totally. No offense to Mikey Day. You're a good improv actor, but as a game show host that doesn't have no experience with food whatsoever. 
as a baker. They should have got like someone that knows baking. Remember, it's Netflix. They gave people like they gave, remember you told me they gave people that one show they know nothing about interior decoration. Yeah, they just they I don't know how they did it. They they must have been the best sellers I've ever seen in my life for to convince everybody on Netflix to spend money on whatever they're doing. But they called it rehabbing well, like, the place. Because when I saw this thing, I'm like, I thought, okay, so she's the no, dude. This this thing actually was kind of cool, and I enjoyed the people on there. Kind of like that. It was a diverse like competition, so that people from like the community, you know, you know, LGBTQ community represent. Um, they had them on there. Say, I love Andrew. You know, I love Johnny. Johnny was great as well. Um, the girls were great as well too. Um, but dang, man, they blew away with those cakes. It was crazy and. You know, they had different judges every episode. They had different judges. These are people that he knows, people that work on Netflix and stuff as well, like comedians and like critics and you know people that work in the industry as well. But it was really cool and just seeing like the the different cakes and how thought and effort they put in to try to trick the judges and stuff just to get that realism effect. But it was really good. So definitely, guys, if you're into like baking competitions, I do recommend as a cake. We get through Mikey Day's poor drabbiness and his attempt to be funny as a ho- as a game show host. I wish I think I got Steve Harvey. It would have been more hilarious. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. Overall, it was enjoyable. I, I guess right now I think it's like the tenth right now ranked show right now on Netflix right now. Last time I checked, it was trending as number ten. Because I know right now everyone's getting ready for Stranger Things four. Yeah, I saw that. They put some a couple of trailers and teaser photos as well. I saw that too. Um... And of course, Sonic and stuff is a big thing this week. Um, anime wise, of course, um, this past week I did able to see one anime from the season so far. I know Crunchyroll's been putting their stuff from putting stuff over on hold as the new season started. Uh, one of them I did see the first episode of Spy X Family, which is really good. Uh, basically, it's like a spy, it's like a spy centric manga with it's based on a manga. Like a spy centric story with some comedy in there. Uh, basically, this guy named Codename Twilight is like the master. This guy's like a master spy. What happens is he gets tasked with this mission, um, which is these two nations. There's the West Nation and the Eastern Nation. They're trying to be a truce. Apparently, this guy's influential on the on the West, who's pretty much against the whole United Front. And apparently, he hardly makes an appearance. So Twilight's given the mission to to try to infiltrate. This institution, like a school, is like one of, I guess this guy's the target's son goes to this prestigious school. So his the agency he works for are giving Twilight codename Twilight the task of, you know, assuming a new identity, pretty much find a kid and, and get that kid to enroll in that school. This is based off the first episode, but basically he just by he ends up finding this kid. So he has to find a kid to be his daughter. And try to get her enrolled in that school so that way he can use the kid to find to get close to the son of the target that he's going after. And I always saw the first episode and it's hilarious. It was like blew me away. They the girl that he got, unbeknownst to him, that she's a telepath, so she can read minds. Oh great. And she's funny, she's got pink hair, she's cute. She's trying her best, like, you know, being there for him because she's all uh, the guy's a spy. She finds out he's a spy right away because she can read minds, but she's fascinated by like the spy stuff on TV and everything. 
and she wants to be the best your daughter she can be, you know, help him out. Obviously, no to him, who doesn't know that she's telepathic. This is the first episode, but I love the little girl. I like the actress who plays the little girl because I'm watching Japanese, of course, right now. They did announce, like, Crunchyroll did announce today doing a lot of dubs. They announced, like, 25 dub casts for the for the season, the most they ever announced. Now that they got Funimation, they got access to a lot of the actors who work on the Funimation. So they announced this Saturday that they're going to do a dub episode of Quiet's Family as well. And even the cast for that was pretty interesting as well. But... You know, Anya's cute, you know, she's trying her best to help her dad, like, and of course, you know, Twilight's doing his best to pretend to be a parent because it's something he's never done. Because they just tell him, oh, get a kid. He's like, what? <laughs> get a kid? And then, and then, of course, um, he's trying his best to be a dad, you know, who he, like, based on his background, you know, he was a man as a kid, and all he had was trying to be somebody he wasn't because he was a spy. He's, he's that good. And... The action is great, and then, like I said, the comedic, the chemistry between the two characters, between Anya and Twilight, are phenomenal. Of course, his fake name is Lloyd Forger. <laughs> Forger, get it? <laughs> Forging. <laughs> so I can't wait for next week's episode. So to kind of tease next week's episode, where hopefully they introduce um the girl who ends up pretending his like who ends up becoming his like fake wife, who unbeknownst to him is actually an assassin, a contract assassin. So you gotta so overall you got a spy, assassin, and a tough half living under one roof. Definitely recommend reading the manga as well. It's great. I think I'm a little bit 20 chapters in just to prepare for this season. Because they announced like 12 episodes for this first part, and then 13 episodes in the fall. So it's gonna like overall 25 episodes per season. But they're missing in parts and chunks. So Spy X Family is currently on control. Basically, that's gonna be your only source. For all spring 2022 anime. And of course, One Piece they just released the second trailer for um for One Piece film Red. That's gonna be coming out soon. Um, I saw Netflix has like uh, some of the One Piece movies as well, so I'm right there explaining the One Piece and stuff. They added strong role and stuff, I can wait to watch that. Um now I'm gonna turn over the floor to Biko if he's got anything big on Reddit that he's seen or anything that's been trending in Reddit. Well, no, I mean, I, I was going to say the Gilda Godfrey thing, but I found something stupid. You did find something stupid? Yeah. Um, oh, I, I had it. Oh, you found some stupid article or something? Yeah, I, uh, I had it up. Well, it's not really a stupid article. Well, I guess it is a stupid article because they had to write it up. But uh, DJ Khaled got a, a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. What? Yeah. DJ well, Khaled? I had, it, I had it up. I swear to God. Wow. <laughs> Technology. Oh, I guess I it. Well, no, I had it on. But... Okay. Oh, uh, there it is. Already the first... Yeah, it's already the fucking first thing that I just searched. I seen it. Type <laughs> no, believe me, dude. They even try to get the stuff like together. Stuff or something. Yeah, it's like uh, so. Uh, gets another win with the walk. A walk on the what does it say? Walk on the Hollywood Walk of Fame star. <laughs> um. Was unveiled Monday honoring hip hop music producer DJ Khaled for a career that has included six albums, four singles, topping the charts, and four Grammy nines. Um, <clears throat> frequent collaborator Fat Joe, Sean Puffy Combs, and Jay Z were among those joining DJ Khaled at the ceremony at the uh, I don't know why I put their dress. Uh, Combs and Fat Joe were featured in a 2010 remix of All I Do Is Win. <laughs> why did they even put that? 
This okay. This is quote. I mean, he has some good bangers, dude. Come on, he has some no, good I'm not songs. saying anything about his music, dude. I like some of his songs. Yeah. Uh, this right here is my star. I want my star to represent the light, the love that shines on everybody. Call it till the crowd It's great. So inspirational. The stars of 2719th since the completion of the Walk of Fame in 1961. Oh wow. Ooh. And then they just kind of go into his uh, bio. Not yeah, he was uh, born Khaled Mohammed Khaled on November 26, 1975 in New Orleans. He started to learn how to DJ in the garage of his family house in Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. When he was 13, Ben McCrayon hosting a pro- co-hosting a program on a Miami radio station 99.9 in 1998 with Lisa Campbell, best known as the leader of the rap group, The Last Group. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh shit! Well, damn, cool. dude. Ever since then, I'm sure he was getting connected from that. Mm. Holy fuck! Yeah, and then that's when they just talk about his uh, his numerous hits. Um, Jesus Christ! What are the comments? Because I know this is you see, I don't know, uh, right? It's just well, this, well, I I pulled it up on Google because I had to search it, but um, I'm not I'm not gonna say it would be terrible. It's probably really bad. Wait, uh, yeah, there's a lot of these hits radio. Yeah, I think this is actually big ass news. Well, it's music industry. Dude. Like right now, yeah. music being slow right now. But like, Foo Fighters have canceling their the rest of their tour dates right now due to the passing of the drummer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, think I heard great. like Nine Inch Nails and Red Hot Chili Peppers are like, I guess they're taking like the the, the dates that um Foo Fighters canceled. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Remember, didn't that name Nine Inch Nails retired a long time ago? <laughs> Nine Inch Nails? Yeah, didn't they retire years ago when they came back? Well, yeah, I mean... They which just, is, I don't know if they retired they took a break. I, I don't know. I think they just didn't do music together. Because these guys were just producing shit for movies so much. That yeah, Trent Reznor was doing nothing but like music. Yeah, about. and like... I don't know how... I wonder how these ba- older bands view when they do come out and play these shows. Because, I mean, like, there's got to be something I would hope... Like, I'm like curious to wonder if there's a thought in their mind that come that happens to where it's like well we're just gonna go there and play the hits it's all they want to listen to anyway so do we just play the hits for three hours but they're getting offered so much money because obviously like, that's a lot of money on the table because it's just they know that their fan base is going to be there and a lot of people are going to shout out a lot of money to come see this right so that's mm-hmm. just like i'm sure they're juggling that notion in their head and as much as like we love seeing these bands do come out and stuff um, it sucks that they do come in festivals because then you're getting like 45 minutes to an hour of this mediocre show because it's at a festival and yeah. you're getting it all late. And so you've been there all day. So I'm not saying you don't have the energy to do all that. That's on the crowd. That's not in the band. But like, I feel when it comes to big bands like Stones or Guns N' Roses, if they're doing shit again, like I know Rage is going back, you know, they canceled, but they, they'll come back again and do their tour with Run the Jewels, so it's, it's like, they're gonna, you know, they're, it's good that they're going on tour with younger bands, too, that also are very famous, so it's like, I think so you, that you're blending the be, markets, yeah, it's, because, it's good. Yeah, because you could, then you're gonna have the combination of the yeah. older demographic and the younger demographic, I think, too, having them, yeah, with a younger band to probably help the younger bands, they're like, hey, these are legends we probably grew up listening to, or we can see, you know, how they perform and, you know... And if they like... It gets them into the music if they never heard them before. And it's like, well, hey, if they're touring with the Stones, that must mean they're good guys or they like their music, too. Like, that, I feel like that plays a big part, too, when they go on these big tours. Because, um, like, 
I don't know. It is it is hard to like go to a show like the Stones and then have them play stuff from their new album where we always want to hear their hits, you know? Yeah. Like, or, you know, Metallica will still tour. Like, they're going to play Lala, right? You know they're playing the hits. Oh, yeah. They're not going to play anything from fucking Death Magnetic. You know, they're playing Massive Puppets. They're probably going to play Anthem Sandman. They're not going to, you know what I mean? They're Dude, not they going to play the best shit. They're hopefully not gonna they'll play stream Lala again like stuff. they did this year, which obviously they're probably going to do again. Like they should. Oh, yeah. I think we'll kind of we'll get some more revenues just having these on stream now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I don't know why. Yeah. It was I think they, they was it was it Coachella did like streaming that this year, so kind of yeah. so it kind of helps to do that because not only that they'll get more additional revenue, just add revenue from YouTube, but at the same time they'll get more views because they like the people that can because you know we're still fighting COVID, so it's kind of has that whole, you know. I don't want to get sick, but at the same time, I can still feel like I'm there. We don't have to spend as much money you going spend over much there. money going over there. <laughs> and then with <laughs> virtual technology and stuff and using VR cameras now and all that with the Oculus and stuff, you can do a lot with it. And just like, oh, yeah, I'm sure that adds a lot to that. So hopefully, they'll, they'll do streaming this year because right now, it's like, yeah, I, I right now, if I'm trying to stay healthy, like, you know, I would ri- <laughs> it's up to you guys you want to risk going there in the summer, but I would just hopefully they'll do a thing with you with a partnership and just they like they did that last year yeah. where they where mm-hmm. they showed just like the they had like a I think they were showing like the best ones. Uh, did you do it last year or no? Did you do it last year? I think they had Lala last year, but then the year before they when we closed down they just had like a replay of like the old Lala. Mm-hmm. But hopefully this year they'll do again, just have like a live stream. And then that way they can just get some ad revenue just based on views. Because they're going to expect it to get a lot of money from that. So. Oh, and that's the thing. Like, you're going to get a lot of fans who, for the most part, that's the thing. You're, miss, we're, you're missing out on a set, right? And if half that's half the experience already. And then the other half is being there. So if you're able to, like, costly, like, economically have that experience in the comfort of your own home and it's safely distanced, I, there's, I think there's a market for that, and and if these guys don't like, they kind of shy away from that. I know it's like these days, and to to shy away from a concert, it's kind of like, hey, it's up to you, it's your own choice now. But like, hey, th- that's still money that can be generated for these artists too. That hey, if we're, if we're gonna get people to rip us off, provide an avenue for us to work a partnership, make our money from that, and it's and then you guys make your money too off the stream instead of getting like people pirating the stuff and you know people figure out ways to do it anyways but like all i'm saying is that at least have it to the benefit of the artists too that they are not only like their fans are also you know no, they're able to generate more fans that way YouTube too being a worldwide platform you know, imagine how much yeah the, jesus christ people yeah. actually can't get to lala so imagine the world if they do stream it how much of a worldwide yeah. impact chicago's not going to bring you all of that but like yeah the, the world man Right. That'd be cool if YouTube. Yeah, that's good for YouTube too, right? It's mm-hmm. a lot more people hitting the site, and hopefully it doesn't crash it. But like, yeah, it's oh good yeah. For them too. And one thing before I forget, um, Fila love released like there was five. One last thing about Sonic the Hedgehog two movie. Um, Fila decided to do shoes this year versus Puma. Um, mm-hmm. what it is, they have replica of the Sonic shoe that were selling for like one hundred and ten dollars on their website, and apparently, since they put that sale online, it sold out right away to the point it crashed the page and pretty much crashed Fila's website, so they had to take it down. Due to all the ad traffic, because I'm seeing a lot of people on Etsy making their own versions, it looks pretty nice too. But yeah, I was gonna like I'm a big Sonic fan, but I was gonna spend 110 dollars on a shoe that I'm probably just gonna wear once, you know, because I don't want to mess them up and everything. 
you know, I see shoes as being more like a practical thing. I know people that are sneakers. I'm not saying I'm not discrediting sneaker heads that collect, you know, Jordans and stuff or Air Maxes. You know, that's your thing. I collect manga, so I totally understand it. You know, but for me with manga now, like, I finally accepted digital mangas and other medium as well before physical. But I'm still going to print. I'm still going to buy, like, the print media. So I'm still a fan of the print media. So, but, yeah. So, like, yeah, I saw that. And I was like, cool. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, like I said, I'm just trying to save money myself because I'm about to just let you guys know I'm preparing to go to my first convention on my own next month. I'll be going to ASIN, so my first anime convention um, there. So I'll be the first time I'm going myself. You know, I've been trying to help myself mentally and try to give myself, like, challenge myself to try to do things, you know, I don't want to do this one thing, go to a event for three days by myself. First time I go to a convention, you know, without Biko there, I'll a first thing for me at the same time going for like three days so so that's going to be interesting as well so yeah so like for you anime otakus like myself uh you guys updates like i said all those i'm planning on going to asin so i'll be there um like cool by asin is you can customize your name badge <laughs> so i actually put my username for my twitch handle on there so hopefully you guys can try to find me uh, I'll give you guys an update. I'll keep you guys posted and stuff. So, like I said, we have our first like anime convention here in the U.S. I'm looking forward to it next month. Getting to the swing things of this anime convention season. Convention season as well, because a lot of conventions are starting to open up again. I know some got pushed back and delayed, as we're trying to get back to normalcy. So, yeah, that's it for you guys for tonight. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for taking your time listening to us. Um, make sure to check out our backlog of episodes on Anchor, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Um, check out our merch store at swing.com slash pop. You can like follow us on Twitter at poptalkin. That's P-O-P-T-A-L-K-I-N. And like our page on Facebook. We'll send links to the episodes. Or if you have any questions for myself or Beagle, well, that will do for us. Um, we'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on. Take care. We'll see you guys again next week. Hey, everybody. This episode of Talking Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you can want to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamifier podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order.